I realize your guys' show is for the lore, which means I can actually for the lore, and it almost <laughs> works. <laughs> You're listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves into the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Joining Roger is Joe, writer from WoW Insider and World of Maticus, and Vince from Massive Nerd. No time now. Don't distract me so close to the time. What day is it? It's the 25th. I got it up. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. When? When? Full of when. Hello. <laughs> Fuck. We're just going to roll with it, folks. Hello and welcome to For the Lore. This is Roger coming to you on Tuesday, a day late, October 25th. And we had to kind of wait a day just so that Joe could land. Although you will be able to tell quite shortly, he hasn't quite landed yet. He's still pretty nope. full of himself, high on his horse and uh, his little freaking terial horse there. Are you doing the uh, the one year thing? Already signed up for it. Oh, I knew you would. I knew you would. Vince, I'm assuming you're not going to. I haven't played for the last year. Exactly. Why would I play for the next one? Yeah. So, okay. So, we're mostly going to be covering, obviously, BlizzCon news. Um, Joe actually headed out there. So, we're going to have a lot to discuss. I've watched damn near every panel that I could find on YouTube. <laughs> Literally, the, the hour-long ones ripped through that shit like nobody's business. So, we're going to have some fun talking about that. And there was a lot of things that actually were interesting, which is a little bit surprising because compared to last year's, I think that this one had more... I, I don't know. I... There was no shocker. Really, in Pandaria wasn't a shocker, let's be honest. No, we, we all knew that was coming. But there was still a lot of interesting stuff, and despite the fact that my interest in Diablo had been waning, and that's saying a lot considering how much I love the IP and how much I'd initially been looking forward to it, this kind of renewed a lot of my interest. So I'm looking forward to discussing that. But before we get into BlizzCon news, though, because this has been Batman week, I figured we'd just take a couple of minutes just to quickly touch on it because we each picked up the game, Batman Arkham City, of course, and we put in our time. I have only put in... All I've been able to put in is about six hours or so, and I'm only at nine percent. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. What got, what are you guys up to? I was about an hour in before my Xbox decided I fucking oh, hate dude. you, Joe. That's just, okay, anyway. So that doesn't even count then. <laughs> no, I've I've gotten to the part where I hunted down, uh, I, I've hunted down the signal from the remote explosion, right? right. And that's about it. Oh, dude. Okay, you missed some cool shit then. I know. Seriously, right? <laughs> Man, yeah, because so, that was your freaking ears. awesome. <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah, oh, yeah. By the way, folks. <laughs> okay, hold on a second. It shouldn't take this long. I'm going to have to make sure that I have this selected for, for next time. See, look. Spoiler alert, ah, people. See, spoilers. It's there. It's there. I just Spoiler. Spoilers. Vince, what are you up to? Because you were um, 50% or so. Oh, yeah. I've put in quite a bit. Uh, I think Saturday I played for approximately 12 hours straight. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> and, yeah, it's been a long time since I've played a single game that long in a row. So uh, that says a lot about the quality of the game. Uh, story, I'm about a, at about 55 percent, uh, somewhere around 60 on side quests, which puts me at the grand total of only 38 overall. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, and it's a huge game. I actually a lot of that time was wasted with Riddler challenges. Initially, oh, yeah. um, it's 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 freaking ADD with those trophies. Oh yeah, right? dude! As soon Ooh, as shiny. I'm seeing the freaking green question marks all over the place, it makes me it makes me think of the Penny Arcade yeah. strip that they did. <laughs> Somebody's getting beat up, but he doesn't save him. He goes after the the question mark. Um, so there was some of them that I saw that. I tried to, and some of them, I'll give them this, some of them actually require thought. It's not just a, an easy kind of figure it out. And so, but what I, I started doing is I did a few, and then I noticed immediately that, yeah, some of these are actually going to take a while. So I said, screw that shit. And I, I went right to the, the story and a few of the, the side quests as well. So mainly because I'd skip some side quests and my son came up and said, no, no, make sure to do this one and this and yeah. this one. You're going to get there, something cool to do. There is nothing that's okay to skip. Yeah. So, well, the thing is, is that they're they're not immediately there. You're not told, hey, go here and do these challenges so that you can get your enhanced batter, bad, bad grip thing so that you can like fly a lot more easily. It's not really... They don't tell you that. It just sends you on the main campaign stuff. So then you got to check your map and see what else is around. So, and like, I, I don't know how, what my breakdown is, but yeah, I'm only at 9%. And I've, again, I've put in six, maybe seven hours and just had a freaking absolute blast. This game is insanely cool. I mean, just the... Not just the world itself. I mean, that's freaking amazing. Oh, yeah. Ar Arkham City is alive. I mean, you feel like you're there. It's great. But it just the game, even the gameplay itself, gliding around the city, fucking awesome. Except for those advanced challenges. Those things are a pain in my ass. But <laughs> I mean, the combat, the combat is just so much deeper now with all the gadgets you have. Some of the special moves you can learn are sick. Like, Dude, I'm one... having a freaking hard time with those combos, though. I will... There's one... <laughs> There's one you can pull off later on where, you know, all you have to do is get your combo meter to eight and Batman will flip up in the air, do a backflip and just throw batarangs all over the place yeah. and instantly knock out anybody that's on the ground. That is so goddamn cool. Also, so goddamn useful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, although, you know what, though? They made it so that all you have to do is jump around and you can so easily kite a big mob of, of, of guys that are coming after you so that you're only picking them off as they're running towards you so really combat is i mean i'm having a hell of a lot of fun with it are you playing batman like a bitch i'm, I'm bouncing around a lot batman. i am i'm all over the place so <laughs> and speaking of combat as <laughs> a bitch freaking catwoman combat is awesome it, they made it so that it is very different than the batman combat i mean you are bouncing around like crazy and she's so goddamn agile it is a love, lot of fun i love her special takedowns she has one where she like grinds this dude into the ground and like chokes him out with one arm while she's checking her nails with the yeah. other <laughs> <laughs> I, I will i will say i did notice that because since the game opens with it, that yeah. it was it was nice to see how perfectly they matched the mannerisms to the comic for her. The thing that was cool that I liked was how they transitioned from the Catwoman to the Batman stuff. Because I thought it would be more jarring and it actually works. Really it, well done. It, it yeah. really works, especially later on when he is captured by the Joker and then it shifts over to her. 
And then she's thinking, should I go save him or should I do these other things? I took off and went to go see Poison Ivy, which that was freaking hilarious. That was fantastic. <laughs> like, What's funny is that initially when they talked about it, and I certainly wasn't the only one to, to feel this way, it was when you... When you hear about a game and there's that many villains, you're thinking, okay, this is just going to be too convoluted. It's just going to be who's who are you fighting at any given time or whatever, and it's not going to be cool. But it works because of the setting, because you are in a giant prison and you are going to be fighting all of these different factions. It just point blank works. So what I'm finding instead of it being far too confusing, it's I'm looking forward to who I'm going up against next. Like, which villain is it going to be next? And it's like, oh, Poison Ivy. Cool. Just some of some of the ones they pull out at you, especially in the some of the later side missions you'll get to. It's like it comes out of nowhere and yet it's still like, holy crap, it's that guy. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. So we're not going to go too, too long on it because basically we're, we're going to put more time in on this and then we're going to discuss it more at length in future episodes, maybe next week or the week after. But it definitely requires a lot more time to talk about it, a lot more time to talk about very specific quest lines, the ones that we enjoyed the most and whatnot. But yes, if you guys were on the fence about this game, definitely pick it up. I, um, I've i seen some screenshots compared to the PS3 and the 360 version, and the, some people said they looked on par. From what I saw, I actually thought that the PS3 version looked better. I'm currently playing it on the 360. I'd hoped there was going to be Kinect integration. There isn't, which sucks. Um, can you handle pretending you're the Batman in real life, I Roger? I don't think it. you could. You are, I'm Batman, dude. Come on. And and I, that was a little disappointing. But anyways... I, I kind of wish I'd picked it up for the, the PS3 because I do find that m more so when in detective mode, you really see the pixelation. Like, you really see it because everything has that outline, that lighter outline in detective mode, and I really, really noticed it on my big screen. Well, I've got it on PS3, and it's freaking gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, see, I wish I would have picked it up on PS3. I, I bought it on PS3 just because I prefer the, that controller for those types of games, so... Yeah. That was my only decision. Yeah. Okay, anyways, so that's that. Let's now move on to BlizzCon. This was an interesting BlizzCon because, of course, Miss Pandaria was announced to both Jeers and Cheers. And, <laughs> and what? <laughs> it was actually really interesting to see. Like There was like a stunned silence. And then, like, half the room cheered, and then the other half was like, <laughs> but it's pandas! Well, I'm talking also about the reaction online, because this has been getting <laughs> insanely... This this drove all the freaking nerds online into a Twitter. This was just, like, a chance for people to hate on pandas and, and further insult WoW and, and say that it's just becoming a kid's game, which, <laughs> I mean... We'll get Pokemon. more in it. Yeah, really. We'll get more into that later. <laughs> uh, now, before we go further, too, it's it's important to note while we're talking about this stuff that, quite frankly, like I have Joe and I have been playing since. Well, actually, all three of us since the start. Um, I periodically have stopped playing quite often. I've lately been thinking that I need to break once again until 4.3 comes out kind of thing. Vince hasn't been playing for quite a while. And Joe is the only one that has kind of thing. But 
I don't think any of us qualifies as a true fanboy kind of thing. And I have no problems admitting when we think that there's something wrong with the game kind of thing. I think, if anything, Joe, you're probably the, the, the most forgiving of the three of us, but still. Probably. Yeah. But so when we're talking about this, it's going to be, again, just lay that groundwork down that if we're enthusiastic about different things, it's not from a fanboy standpoint, but as a gamer, as somebody who enjoys games kind of thing. So I think that's fairly important. Um, but yeah, no, the the reaction online has been hilarious because the same people that mock the pandas are the ones that will play freaking cows. I, I've been reading shit where they're saying like, how can a bamboo-eating yeah, like, panda I, I be can't dangerous? I pandas. You play a game with fucking talking cows. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it, they play them is what kills yes. me. You can't take a bamboo-eating panda seriously because, oh, it's so fierce. What about the milk cow, okay? The dairy cow there that's mulching <laughs> grass. That's a dangerous creature indeed. Give me a break, guys. So It's very slowly coming right at us. Oh, man. We'll get more into WoW stuff a little later on. I thought we'd start off with the Blizzard Dota stuff. Huh. And, huh? I said, ah. Uh, okay, we'll start with that. I don't know about you guys, but I thought this was freaking awesome because I want a freaking cool Dota. And mm-hmm. whether it's this one or the Valve one, whatever, um, but League, League of Legends just ain't cutting it for me. I, I've made that very clear right from the get-go. This was awesome because it is all the characters that we know and love from all of the IPs. It's, it's Again, it's the basically Super, Super Mario Battle Bros kind of thing. And I think it's fantastic. And the gameplay that we saw looked pretty freaking cool. Well, one thing that I think was important is this is one of the more anticipated announcements, right? Um, We saw the Dota tournament, the Dota 2 tournament that Valve put on. Um, We saw all League of Legends and everything they're doing. But Blizzard, where Dota originated, uh, it was one of those things where a lot of people who are a fan of that particular style of gameplay have been waiting for so long. And they actually get to see, you know the Lich King go running through and or Thrall go running through and actually look at it, it's really, really interesting. Also, what I thought was kind of nifty was that, did you notice that it had that sci-fi tinge for the maps? Like, it was very StarCraft II maps, like, yeah. as far as, like, mm-hmm. technology-wise. So it's moving away from sort of that fantasy realm and just shoving the characters in the SC2 universe. Well, but what I like, too, cheer, is... The cheer that went up when it was announced. Oh, 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 hell yeah. What I liked is what they were talking about in terms of how they want to actually change the gameplay from the standard Dota type of gameplay and put in things that they, as gamers, wish were in more Dota games. Yeah. I like that. Give me something it's, that's a little different. They're also talking about more maps. Yay, that's good. Like all of these there's things. There's only one map yeah, ever. These are <laughs> things that are going to be make this potentially the clear winner over the Valve one. I think I just, maps is going to be the big thing. Sorry, go ahead, Vince. Yeah, that, that, that's huge for me too. But I just love the tone of it. How it, it obviously Blizzard doesn't take themselves very seriously much at all but this one seems to be taking the craziness just to a completely different level like and i love how it's basically set up as like the secret wars yeah of the blizzard yes. universe <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it's just i all right am i the only one that saw murky the freaking marine murloc yes he's in there he is in there as a playable character that's awesome i 
But Again, I, it's it's them not taking themselves too seriously, which we need one of these when you're looking at all the IPs that they've got now that are more serious. I mean, yeah, Mrs. Pandaria, they say is going to be have a lot of serious content, but on the surface is, is not quite as serious. But I mean, your Diablo and then the, the, the StarCraft 2 stuff that they announced. So this is something we're in the show. And listen, we, we know how to f- have fun and poke fun at our own IPs as well. Well, especially for something like this, they can have a lot more fun with it, right? Because it's not... You know, it's going to be some serious competitions, uh, sure, but at the same point, it is the most absurd content or, or concept, really, to stick all these weird characters into the, like, one little bubble and just kind of, like, shake it up and throw it out there and watch what happens, right? So I, I like the fact that they're, you know, approaching it with much more humor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Did you actually get to try it? I actually did. Uh, I was there, and uh, it's a lot of fucking fun. Because I heard the lineups were insane for that. Um, you know what was really funny is the second day when they were having like the the Q and A section. I just kind of snuck out a little bit early, and there was no lines. So I got to play, you know, Mr. Pandera and Dota and everything else, just kind of like walking right through the line without having to wait. Oh, nice. Okay. So All right. It was, it was handy. So definitely something that we are looking forward to. I, I like also that they are talking about a, a free-to-play version as well that may not yes. have as many maps or characters playable and whatnot, but at least it will be available for everyone to play. And then, of course, if you've got the StarCraft 2, either and or both, you'll have more that you can play. So there's bonuses for people who are supporting StarCraft 2, and but then everybody can also play it. Which is which is a good way to go, especially going up against games that, you know, are already free to play. It, 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 it's really going to help the game. OK, so let's move on then to StarCraft 2. Um, that trailer was freaking phenomenal. Like just it's a blizzard. I mean, <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> but y- y- you would think still that occasionally there'd be a miss. <laughs> there'd be one that you're like not as impressed with. And, but it was freaking awesome. So what did you pull from the uh the, the Q&A and stuff like, well, which one did you attend, Joe? Uh, as far as panels, everything that was at the main stage, really. And then I saw the SC2 finals and I because I couldn't miss that. That was absolutely hysterical. OK, so what did you walk um, away from with that? Uh, from the actual panels? Yeah. Um, well, let's pick one in particular. Which would you like to hear about? You decide. Again, you were okay. there. What, what did you feel was the most important stuff that you heard from them? The the best thing that I heard about everything is the fact that they are active, the, the statement that they're actively listening to uh, feedback um, and the fact that they're actually trying to incorporate a lot of things that players have been um, vocally but constructively asking about. So I think that was like the most exciting thing overall. Um, the biggest point of excitement for me, though, was the announcement of the brand new talent system for WoW. But I guess we'll get to that in a second. We're talking about StarCraft 2. Talk about StarCraft. Yeah, I know. I understand that. But for StarCraft, uh, I was kind of... Way to stay online. Hold on. Hey, 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 hey. Hold on a second. I'm going. Shush. Shush. Don't you uh, shush me. I will freak up. And, I'll hang on your ass. Hang up on your ass like I did. What's and hang face? up on Vince. Yeah. No, I won't. I know what I'm doing now. I got Skype down. No, um, honestly, the coolest thing about it was the new units. And I got getting to see the new units in action and seeing what they were doing. That was some of the coolest stuff ever. Um, the new air units for both the uh, the Protoss and the... Uh, and the, uh, the carriers. The... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's absolutely hysterical because the, the new Viper 
uh, just sits there and like it's like an infester almost where it like shoots out this little tongue uh, and like holds something in place. I thought that was kind of cool. And the sort of reimagined fire bats uh, was absolutely hysterical. It's like what would happen if the Hellions were actually transformer units and turned into you know little marine men or Robotex, man. Dude, goddamn it was, Terrans. The last thing they need awesome. is to be even more fucking awesome. Stupid yes, goddamn Terrans. They need to be, they need to be more <laughs> friggin' awesome. Um, but most surprisingly, not just the new units, but um, they were talking about competitive play and the balance of the classes, right? What was most interesting was that all of the classes, or all the races, excuse me, are even, roughly. So aside from like really weird... one sandwich toss that was on the tournament. Sorry. Aside from weird sample pools like <laughs> tournaments where you get more swayed one way or the other, um, as far as power levels, the races are about even, which is really exciting because that means that they don't have to worry too much about balancing uh, as opposed to you know adding cool new stuff like the new units. Um, so it was really, really interesting. Yeah, I, I do agree that overall the, the, the races are – mostly balanced like like i said it's at certain tiers you have one that kind of pulls ahead of the other but i like how they said that they were really focusing on making the same race matches more interesting because god there's nothing more boring than watching a protoss versus protoss match because it's the exact same game just mirrored so i i'm really hoping with the new units and some of the changes they're making they can really put some variety into the uh same race matches i think so okay story-wise what'd you pull out of it um, Kerrigan is a badass motherfucker and I can't wait to see <laughs> and a will pass on fucking Mengsk. It's ridiculous. Like literally watching her in sort of like her human form running around and, uh, you know, sort of still kind of controlling the, the hordes of Zerg, but kind of working for the Terrans and Raynor. Um, it was awesome. And I can't wait to see a more Kerrigan centric story, which is what we're going to get. Uh, where the first one was about, you know, Rainer and, and trying to, you know, go after her and that sort of like, you know, oh, woe is me. I miss the love of my life. I must, you know, God blah, blah, blah. Damn, Jimmy. Yeah, <laughs> he was it was a little too soft for my taste. It wasn't exactly Starcraft. However, Kerrigan going off the fucking deep end and saying, I'm going to fucking kill all the things. <laughs> that's a very Starcraft story to me. And, and I like how they're. It how they're taking that concept and integrating it into the actual campaign with the, uh, the decisions that you make, like in the, in the Terran campaign, the decisions were, Oh, do I help this person? Do I help that person? Not, nothing groundbreaking, but the decisions you're making in the heart of the swarm campaign are, Hmm. Should I destroy this planet or just occupy it? Yeah. <laughs> That's so fucking cool. Yeah. I'm very happy with that as well. Okay. There's actual weight to your decisions in the campaign. All right, ready to move on to Diablo? Um, honestly, <laughs> apparently Vince is not. Okay, took my totems, took my carriers. What's next? <laughs> Let me know when, boys. It took our jobs. Okay, now we're going. <laughs> Diablo 3. So this is a game that, again, when it was first announced, we were unbelievably hyped for and because big d2 fans and original diablo fans and the more that we heard about it however and the more that we saw gameplay the, the got to be a little disappointing especially when compared to other games like torchlight 2 that's upcoming and whatnot that said what i have heard and read from in the videos that we've seen for d3 now from this is really beginning to sway me. That being said, too, though, a lot of the, the gameplay footage I saw still wasn't that amazing. Some was, but there still was a lot that 
I'm really hope will get tweaked. But story wise, God damn, oh, son, God, yes. it looks amazing. <laughs> Let let's let's start with the the teaser trailer that they gave, right? The the yep. audio the, the the audio and visual extravaganza that is the story of the Black Soul Crystal. And that was just absolutely amazing. And I think they showed us a little bit more than they actually wanted to um, because I remember seeing Metsu come up on stage and give the cut it now sign and they didn't quite. <laughs> um, but seeing that there's a new prime evil, essentially, you know, somebody who's trying to fill the gap of the Lost Brothers uh, on top of everything else. And also, I don't know if you guys noticed, did you see the new artwork for Diablo himself or should I say herself? I've heard no. about that. I haven't quite seen it. I, I've been looking around. I haven't seen anything for it yet, though. That, that's it's really kind of interesting because every new artwork, including like even the new shirts and the new posters and all the new promotions for Diablo, it's a much less masculine looking Diablo. There are actually curves and armor that make it look like it's a female. So I have, you know, looking at that and then looking at that trailer, one can put the two together and kind of assume what's going to happen there. Um, but I'm kind of wondering how that's going to affect the story. And I'm kind of wondering um, how the Diablo being sort of reborn essentially uh, is going to affect that, that demon who looked cool as shit, honestly. Well, uh, from the panel, it really, it, it didn't make it seem as if even Diablo was going to be the main focus of no. this D3 at all at all. So, Which is, makes sense, honestly, at yes, this point. Yeah, definitely. And so, like, the uh, I watched the panel with uh, with Metzen and uh, the other two, I can't remember their names, and it was the, the, the lore panel for it, and it was fantastic. And But you really saw that this is a, a different Diablo. This is not... Uh, is and this I, your granddaddy's Diablo? No, exactly. It's the the IP is different. There's there's a lot that they're doing to separate it from D two, and so that includes also the the villains that you will be facing and whatnot. So yeah, very very different. And and see, and that was actually a deciding factor on me actually signing up for the annual subscription. Um, yeah, because, but you're, oh please! No, no, because you, you, was, you're you've never canceled your subscription. Listen, so this is a deal I've for never you. Canceled, just listen, I never I canceled it, but listen. having being able because I, I honestly wasn't going to buy Diablo three. Well, you don't have and to. So, I don't have to. <laughs> but I, it, it really made me want to actually play the game and unveil and just unravel the story, which was kind of like the final nail in the coffin for me. It was like, yeah, okay, they got me for another year minimum. Um, but I really can't. I can't wait. I want to play through the campaign. I want to see what's there. Um, I thought it was kind of cool also in the trailer where you saw like the the 12, uh, I think they were the human kings, uh, the skeleton kings as they start to come alive as well. So I'm wondering how much of the world's backstory we're actually going to get back into the games. And that's what I'm looking forward to too is them redefining sort of that history that Richard Neck kind of but, like massacred for a while. Well, they, they even kind of brought that up, even flat out admitting that the continuity of their franchise is a bit sketchy. And that's More what than the. Yeah. And that's what they said the, the, the whole Book of Cain thing, which can't wait. That's going to be yeah, cool really, shit. Yes. Is, is really going to sort that out and, okay, some retconning here and there, but it's for the greater good. And what, the, what, I, what we heard about, like the backstory of Sanctuary and stuff, like cool, cool stuff. And the, the, the two. The lesser evils that they talked about, uh, Belial and Asmodan, 
Asmodan was the one that was featured in the trailer. Those guys are freaking I, – I don't even care about Diablo and Bale and Mephisto anymore. Asmodan's just too fucking cool. Yeah, the new stuff that they've got in terms of the, the villains that they're putting in as well as the angels and they're actually making much more use of the mm-hmm. angels. So it's not just Tyrael that's going to be in. It, all of these things are providing a lot more depth to the story versus – I shouldn't say versus – if anything's going to sway me for this, it's going to be the story because, again, I'm just hoping that the gameplay is going to be that's essentially man up to it kind of thing because from what we've seen, still, there's it's still kind of lacking in some ways. But, I mean, anyways, in terms of the... Um, the, the one-year membership there, just so that if, for the three people who may not be aware of what that is, what they decided to do quite ingeniously to keep people paying for WoW and not disappear when <laughs> T3 comes out, if you purchase their annual subscription, which, Joe, how much is it going for? It's, you pay for it however you, you pay, want. Yeah. You pay monthly, but how much you does it amount monthly, to? It it comes out to oh, there's, the, there's no it discounts. It's whatever you get your yeah, regular it's, one, it's three, three or year six contract. Month oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. So it's, well, they also just offered it. They just also offered a year purchase. Like you can pay for a year now in advance as well. Right. So okay. So, so whatever. You're just locked in. It's just a year contract. That's you're it. just locked in. Yeah. So again, if you lock in for a year, then you're getting D3 for free, the regular edition, and you also get a Sparkle Pony for it. You get a, a Tyrael Pony, which I got to tell you guys. I was not that impressed with it, really. It just same old pony with You've a different skin. You've seen one flying pony. You've seen yeah, them all. It really wasn't that impressive. But uh, but anyway, so you get the game for free and you get the sparkle pony kind of thing. Uh, you also get first access to the to the beta, the beta. as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 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 not a bad package if you are definitely planning on staying with WoW as well. Now, keeping in mind that we got Starcraft or Star Wars coming up in literally a couple of months right now, and a lot of people are going to be dropping their WoW memberships for WoW for that. I know that I'm going to be having two Star Wars memberships to pay myself and my sons for a while. I'd seriously been thinking about putting WoW on hold for a little while once 4.3 is done. So for me, I'm trying to factory and do the math of how much more or less, like, I don't even know if I'd wind up saving money because I am actually looking at, of course, the collectors because this is freaking collectors, dude. <laughs> it is awesome. Now, the deal they have with the collectors is obviously you're not getting the collectors for free, but they'll knock four months. You'll get four months free, but you're four, you get four months free and then your, your one year starts from that point. Does it not? Uh, I think it just counts as part of your. Um, it counts as your. You're still in that year, so Are it doesn't you? actually extend it. Yeah, I know. I, I asked. Okay. Um, okay. It, it doesn't extend it. It just those four months are free for you, and then you're paying and, for. You're locked in for another eight after that. But you're just you're just locked in for whoever. So like I locked in now, so my contract will still end on the twenty fourth of, you know, October. Right next year no matter what i do so right. if i purchase the collector's edition or, and they'll knock off that four months that four months is is just four months i don't pay for game time okay so that's how it's going to work for that one and then of course if you have the collectors and you get all the goodies too all you have to do is put in your code once you get it from the game and then you'll again you can enjoy all the awesomeness that's in this collectors you've got the game you've got the uh, this freaking diablo skull 
thing. The 3,000 pound stone statue of a skull. I'm yeah. hoping that this isn't going to be another freaking $150. Here we go with statues again. Yeah, freaking statues. Um, I love the it's USB supposed, key. It's supposed to be able to fit in your hand, actually, apparently. That's the only reason that I'm thinking it might be less expensive. We've got the um, the, the the shard, the soul stone, for mm-hmm. that has Diablo 2 on it. <laughs> like with the expansion, oh, with redone the for Windows Windows 7. I and, uh, want yeah. this. I want that because I actually own them, but they're on a Battle.net account that I don't know. I I don't even Same know what I here. Seriously, I don't even know which one email I registered it under. It's not my main. I can't find it. And then once you do that, serial number don't mean jack shit after that. You can't install it anywhere. So utter stupidity, I know, and I know I could just buy it, but this is all on the freaking Soul Shard, dude. It's awesome. And then you get some um, some fancy wings for inside of uh, of D3 and not just not just the wings you get an entire outfit like an entire angelic warrior outfit right. inside of D3 it's pretty awesome actually it looks pretty nice and then yeah. you get your fetish shaman for wow which is yep. actually pretty cool it's especially yeah. you, you feed that bastard some biscuits he's going to be monstrous <laughs> yes, yes he is and then some portraits for battle or for starcraft too eh, who cares and then of course the um, the behind the scenes and stuff which is actually looks like i mean if they're putting it on two discs that's probably or is it uh, oh no it's one blu-ray and one dvd so whichever one you want and then we've got an art book and then we've got the soundtrack as well so a lot of it is standard fare for what they're putting in which is why i think it'll probably be same price as the starcraft 2 collectors which was 99 was it not i believe so it it was yeah i think it's going to be the standard collector cost yeah which i i I like these i like the way they do their collectors so this is i can i can deal with i can deal with 100 bucks for their collector oh yeah oh yeah and i'm just going to make damn sure that i actually order it before pre-order so it doesn't wind up being like freaking <laughs> starcraft 2 where i didn't get it okay so let's actually talk about diablo 3 um did you actually get a chance to play any i did and actually unlike last year i was very very impressed with it um last year's gameplay was fun but it wasn't quite as polished so it wasn't really you know anything to write home about but the big thing i took away from playing it right now the atmosphere is finally right. And we're talking about the way the lighting is, the way the shadows play off everything, your abilities, the mobs, um, your armor, everything. Um, The mood lighting is absolutely perfect. The way the dungeons feel is perfect. But probably most importantly to me is the audio is perfect. And I'm not just talking about the music, which we already know is going to be epic and what we would expect. Uh, but all the little tiny things, like you can actually sit in one area and not do anything, not have any mobs come at you after you're done killing them all, and just listen. And all the they just layered all these different sounds in there, whispers and, and um, you know, nondescript uh, sort of like conversations between the demons. There are actually parts where I heard the 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 basic whisper of, you know why are you even bothering? Just go kill yourself. It doesn't matter. We already won stuff like that. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, so there's, they've already got this sort of like despair and ambience. That's absolutely perfect. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it was completely different as a result of, of that than what it was last year. Hmm. Sounds like, again, basically like D2 to a game to play with earphones on. That's when you get the most out of it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or surround sound. 
Yeah. The um, what I liked is the uh, the lore panel that I saw where the they talked a lot about the depth of the game and what we can expect from it. It was it was really interesting to hear how there's going to be a lot more again with the angels. I think that's cool. Having read through the the, the knack books as well, say what you will. At least it's you know it's part of the lore of D three or of of Diablo. For now, yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't think that they're going to be changing that much of the the knack. They're going to clean the shit up. That the, the, they're going to clean that shit up, though. They're yeah. going to clean it up, but I don't think they're going to retcon that much of it. That at least it didn't sound like they were when Metzen was talking about it. Metzen and them, and this is kind of interesting. Another thing I found out is that they're actually handing their writers outlines now. Um, so <laughs> this is what we want in the story. This is what we want it to contain. Don't go ape shit crazy. Um, I thought that was good because we're not going to have runaway knack trains anymore. Um, but they're not really going to retcon anything. They're actually just going to kind of fix it and work it in and yeah. make it make sense. And I thought that was very important because, I mean, you could retcon, you know, what is it? Knack has seven Diablo books or something stupid like that, like the main trilogy and then like a bunch of side projects. Um, you could retcon all that, sure. Or you could actually just say, well, he's got some good bits in here. Let's take those and make those make sense. And the fact that they're doing that makes me very happy. So, well, uh, Vince, you have been talking enough. What did you take from this? Well, I already said, you know, a lot of what I cut from the lore stuff. And, yeah, just fixing it up. And, yeah, I'm not saying throw throw it completely out. I'm sure there's two good ideas in those seven books. So <laughs> keep them around. I mean, for, for me, my uh, what I got was more on the, the gameplay side of things. Like I knew the story was going to be fantastic and, you know, the panels just kind of reinforced that. So once we get more to the gameplay side of things, I, I've got a little more to say. Okay. Well, won't waste too much time then. One of the things that I liked as well is how they're going to be integrating some of the, the original characters from Diablo both 1 and 2 yes. into this story and the progression. And also how they're actually going to be giving a name and a face finally to the traveler from D2. <laughs> All of these things, uh, I mean, right down to that that girl that you see in the trailers and where she comes from all the way back from D1. So there's a lot of stuff here. I mean, for folks who have never played D1 and D2, and I mean, dudes, it's been a while now since I've actually played them all. I've considered installing them just to play through them before D3 comes out, just to do the campaigns again. Because... I, I was so impressed with how much they are carrying forward. And yes, again, they're going to be changing a few things so that it makes sense with D3 story now. But overall, you'll still be able to pull a lot from both the, the first two games. So if, again, for anybody who's currently not playing Batman, <laughs> has a little bit of free time, <laughs> you can pick those suckers up on the cheap now and definitely worth playing through just to to pick up on that lore because again they're going to be making good use of it and i like how they're talking again about the um, the angel system how it's going to be changing i like how they're going to be handling the other um the other villains that aren't just mephisto and diablo and bale and whatnot and it seems to make it Again, they're using some of Knack's stuff as well, wherein the, the, the actual people do have a lot of power and, and things like that. And that frightens all of the, the, the minions and, and other things. So there's a lot of things coming up by the sound of it with D3 that's going to be really deep and rewarding. I Again, I'm just hoping that the gameplay can meet up with that, that expectation. So, okay, let's go to the gameplay now, Vince. What do you got? Um, I really like just a lot of the things I heard here. Uh, 
especially when they're talking about like the hardcore modes and uh, the inferno difficulty. Holy shit! <laughs> they're yeah. saying like if you if okay you you played through normal, you played through nightmare, you played through hell, you've reached level sixty, you're ready for inferno. No, you're not. <laughs> and just like a lot of the smart decisions they're making, like um, having the hardcore ladder have its own separate auction house that is gold only. You can't spend yep. money on the hardcore ladder. I love that. Yeah, we That's were worried huge. about that, too. And they answered that question. I, I was very happy with that. Mm -hmm. And uh, what they were talking about with the followers, how uh, really the followers weren't really intended to be used beyond normal difficulty. And they've just kind of rescaled things so that the followers can be used throughout the game. Not because, you know, oh, OK, it's nice to have that little safety cushion there or to, to help with the actual difficulty of the campaign. But just because I think the from what I've seen uh, in the beta videos, the followers are pretty well implemented. Like, I really like the, the, the way they're handling the followers compared to the, you know, the mercenaries in Diablo 2. And I would be kind of upset to have to lose him just because I want to go on to a higher difficulty. So I'm glad they're sticking around. Well, it's part of the story, too. I mean, you want that in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the achievement system. Like, this is one of the things that really has me very interested in Diablo 3 is the whole battle standard and how everything you do in the game is represented in this graphical interface. And just some of the stuff they said about the 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 achievements. I said, you'll, you know, you'll earn your achievements for normal stuff. Uh, what was the, the line they had uh, on the slide? It was like crazy shenanigans. <laughs> They're actually going to give you achievements and rewards for playing through, you know, naked and, you know, all those crazy challenging things that people just do for fun themselves. Blizzard is seeing that, seeing that there's a, a, a home for that in the community and is implementing those actual features into the game, which I really like. I'm with Vince and I think they're adding enough interesting things like little little tiny tweaks and little and little implementations like, like he said, the achievements um, that it's making a lot more sense. Right. And it looks like it's just going to be a very fun overall experience, just in general. Uh, as far as, like, actual gameplay and hands-on gameplay, um, we were worried about the whole trait system uh, before, where they were removing, like, the talent trees, the skill trees, um, for a more simplified version. And it actually works really well. I was very surprised with that. Um, the way that it works, where you pick that specialty, um, but not having to worry about a thousand different things... Uh, or having to worry about picking the exact perfect path, uh, it was really nice and refreshing. So when I'm playing my monk and I'm selecting, you know, a little bonus to my like you know key strike, so to speak, uh, it was nice. It was nice to not have to worry about well, I need to make sure I have this ability or this many points in this passive uh, to make sure you know my my bow is on does like the most damage possible. Uh, so it was really nice and simplified and allowed me to concentrate more on. Uh, playing the game and having fun and running the dungeons uh, and even just worrying about like certain things like customization ruins and things like that as opposed to worrying about my talents and, spe and, and things like that. So I was very impressed with that. Like I was really worried about it before, but thumbs up for me. It made it felt natural. It felt right. See, I'm what I'm taking from this is that most of the customizations of your characters are going to come from the ruins. Mm hmm. Yeah. So and, it's, and that's it's not and that's, the talent system. Right, no, and, that, and that's and that's perfect because the talent system is sort of an antiquated idea at this point. Um, and as much as we'd like it and, or may have liked it before, um, and as much as I may have been skeptical about this change, I like the idea of customization through runes instead of everything else. It just it seems to make more sense. You can pick up runes. You can you don't have to worry about 
anything else, but you can just slot that rune in there, um, which is kind of cool. I don't know, it, like we were talking about it before, where you can have like uh, one giant frog or like a thousand frogs for like the witch doctor for his little plague thing. Uh, little tiny tweaks like that, but also to customize your character where you know, two of them are sitting next to each other are not going to be exactly the same, even just based on runes alone. Well, the uh, thing with the runes, too, that will make it so that you don't have everybody using the same cookie cutter build is that not everybody's going to have access to those runes. So correct. it's just going to make it where in you may really want to be able to spec a certain way, but you can't because you haven't had a chance mm-hmm. to get your hands on those runes. Okay, True. so if there's nothing else for Diablo, then I guess it's time for... Pandas. Just one little thing to throw out there. Go. And this is just a thought I have. Diablo 3 is the last we're going to see of Deckard Cain. Agreed. I think so. Okay. Just just, <laughs> just, 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 a general feel I'm getting. Because dude's getting really old, too. There, there's a lot of, I think there's <laughs> going to be a lot of finality in this game. watching him drag yeah. his ass around the game. <laughs> I think that if we have to wait another 10 years. I'm sure it's what you years, look like on a bad morning. Yeah, really. Another 10 years for another, for D4. Yeah, I think there will be some pretty heavy changes by that point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what's his, what's her name? Leah will be kind of filling that role going forward. His niece, I think. All right. So then let's move on to Pandas. So, of course, no surprise there, big announcement, not so much of a surprise again, was Mists of Pandaria. So they announced a lot of things with this in terms of what we can expect in terms of the um, how it's going to work for Alliance and Horde, where you're going to be able to... It's both the same race, and then you choose a faction later on. They announced how it's going to be, what it's going to look like for the starter area and whatnot. Giant Turtle, love it. I thought that was a freaking awesome idea. And then the new new talent system, the new Pokemon pet battling. There was a lot that was said for this. Not everybody was as, as impressed, but we'll go over things one at a time and see what what we each take from this. So the initial announcement, let's just start with the actual pandas now. What are your guys' thoughts on the pandas, Joe? Actually, I really like it. I honestly do. Um, I don't think it takes away anything from the game, and I think that Pandarans were something that we've been missing since Warcraft 3, and I'm kind of excited to have them in the game world. Vince? The pandaren like actual culture and everything in the game i i think that's cool they're their cities their lore all that welcome pandarens as playable doesn't do anything for me okay all right i actually think it's it's great and again it's it's one of those i enjoy playing Torin. i really enjoy playing Torin. so if i can enjoy playing as a big freaking milk cow i can enjoy playing as a panda i like the concept and i'm not confusing it or associating it with freaking kung fu panda which i love the movie anyways i don't care all yeah. those <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's not that I, I i do like a lot of eastern influence movies and different things as well maybe that's partially as well why i i, I like the idea a little bit more but i don't know i just i like it the thing is that's funny is that a lot of people who've had a hard time with it and and it's like oh you're 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 catering to the Chinese audience and and things like that and yeah. the, the king, and I'm, I'm yeah. laughing because I'm thinking you know what we've had I mean you don't have to look any further than freaking werewolves of London the the influence of Victorian influence for for the war again nobody had a problem with that so why have a problem with this it's not like there's a lot of Eastern influences in the game we got a lot of influences from other cultures that are in there 
but not that much Eastern. So where's the problem here? I really don't see it. And I see that because they've got it so separated as well, and because the actual Pandaria continent was is being brought about due to the sundering, and that's why it was discovered kind of thing, it makes sense that it would be very different than Azeroth, mm-hmm. everything else kind of thing. It, it makes sense that it would be a culture in and of itself. And then the concept of the, the bravest of the warriors and whatnot training on the turtle, I, again... I like that. It, it it kind of it's very interesting. It's a, it's a cool as hell concept, and it's something that I I certainly don't have a problem with at all. I think it's fantastic. Uh, the implement- I love that they put Gamera in the game. The yeah, the implementation of the story for it was was really awesome too. The idea that you know that's why nobody could ever find them is they just rode around on a giant. They lived on a giant ancient sea turtle. Um, you know, basically, who's one of the ancients? Um, friend to all children. Friend to all children. Um, who was in the South Seas, which is an area that was never explored because there are no land masses there, completely separate from the entire rest of the world, only to be brought back by the shenanigans of Deathwing, um, and basically kind of be pushed out of their own little bubble and being forced to deal with the rest of the world. I think that's kind of cool. I also think it's cool to see the level of culture shock that's going to happen as well, because the Pandarans are reacting to the Alliance of the Horde as well uh, and seeing them stomp around our, their friendly little turtle here. Uh, and so they're adding a real sense of uh, conflict and sort of strife that we, the players are causing on this section of world that was perfectly untouched um and everything about it it, i absolutely love the culture the ideas behind it uh, everything about it i'm absolutely on board for it's funny because again they when they talked about it they said that this initially was slated as the alliance race for burning crusade but they decided to go with the Jurnai instead because it made more sense story-wise what's funny is that you're getting so many haters that are saying that well you're pulling this out of your ass it was always just a a practical joke and now you're putting it in the Jurnai were pulled out of their ass at the last minute yes they were they did not fit in the freaking lore they were pulled right out written on on the spot in this is something they'd actually been planning for quite a while now some of it does have that feel of writing it on the spot because again they're they're making use of the sundering but that's what you do when you're doing this kind of game development that doesn't end you work off of what has been happening so even if they say even if they hadn't said no we've been working on it forever i don't care it makes sense with what's been happening with again the the whole sundering and that's why now you can access them to me that makes a lot more sense than when northrend came around it was like oh it's just a continent and it's there you know yeah and so or or freaking floating (laughs) nobody ever looked in that direction before yeah rock from space outland that i hate that goddamn rock and that was more acceptable oh it's just a space rock but this this is not so, the outrage does confuse me yeah a it, little bit. It just, even, and i understand gamer rage it makes no sense but even this this is like the wookie defense man it just it does not make sense so what i am really actually liking a lot as well is the fact that you will be able to play this race whether you are horde or alliance that's something is very very different than what we're used to and some people may think oh well it's just a shortcut so that they don't have to develop two races but i'm seeing it as it's actually creating more work because they then have to make sure that they're very careful with the story and how it progresses and how how you're going to interact with each other still as pandaren even if you've chosen different paths I, I really am digging it. 
here's a very interesting point about that. That was originally the system that they created in Burning Crusade when they were planning to make goblins a playable race. Because goblins were supposed to be the original neutral faction that could go either way. And that was they've actually been working on this system for a number of years. So I think that's very interesting to see that they finally get to implement it now. And I think it's the right time. Oh, I, I think it's the awesome. whole uh, placeholder graphic they had for the quest. That was hysterical. <laughs> I think it's great again because it's given us something different. We've been seeing the same thing now for many years so this is really going to change it up and i like that as opposed to other games and and wow we're in once you reach level 10 kind of thing then you're choosing your specialization here you're also choosing where you want to ally yourself with and that says a lot and that that initial decision is supposed to unlock a a very epic quest line it's not just going to be like the end of the death knight zone where you pick a city or, or you already have your faction and you just go to the city and talk to the king. Apparently, there's supposed to be a rather important quest line that they're putting a lot of time and effort into to for your character's integration into one or the other, which I think is really, really nifty and also very important. Because I don't know about you guys, the Death Knights, when they pick their faction, it was just kind of stupid. Walking through the city, getting spit on, having shit thrown at you. And then talking to the king, be like, ah, la, 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 I clicked a couple buttons. Yay, I'm part of the alliance, or yay, I'm part of the horde. No, I'm sorry. That doesn't happen. Um, adding an actual quest line and storyline of how you get back, how you become part of that faction, much like they did with goblins and worgen being reintegrated into you know the horde and alliance. I think that's very important, and I can't wait to get my hands on that part of the story itself. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like I said, like I said, I, <laughs> I, I have no intention of playing a Pandaren. and I have nothing against them. It's just, I'd still rather be a dwarf. All right. What I like <laughs> as well is from a lore perspective now is how what this is going to mean for important characters, important Pandaren characters, Pandaren characters. Sorry, and, and notably that there weren't, there aren't going to be, there's not going to be a race chief Mm -hmm. it's going to be a number of elders kind of thing yep and i like how that's going to be done now granted we haven't gotten that much information although they they talked about it a lot during the the lore panels how it's going to be there's going to be quest lines and things that are going to have you integrating with specific elders and to me that opens up a wealth of opportunity in terms of questing and lore that you can really have a lot of fun with the writing because of how they're going to be experiencing the 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 alliance and the horde for the first time essentially so and at that same time there's going to be some enormous conflicts that are going to be cropping up oh yeah starting in theramore oh yeah absolutely (laughs) i'm assuming you read about that vince yeah and yeah okay cool but it kind of the one thing that i that that sticks with me about that is like man I really liked that sea monster quest. Say <laughs> <laughs> about it. But yeah, no, that kind of was... They took my sea monster too. They slipped that a little <laughs> bit there where there's going to be a huge war that's going to be starting and basically Theramore is going to be going to the wayside. And Aside from the sea monster, it was pretty damn worthless. <laughs> I, I like that because it's adding a lot on 
the Horde side now as well. Not that they haven't had freaking awesome quests already. They have. Um, but it's add adding a lot because I'm looking forward to this just because of what it's going to mean for the relationship between Thrall and Grosh now. Because Jaina's there. Thrall's not going to be happy about that. About Grosh they're, invading there. Yeah, they're they're injecting a lot of internal conflict, not just the external yes. warfare and conflict. Well, that's something that they talked about as well in terms of right now, and a few people brought that up when they went for their questions. They were talking about how there's a lot, they're seeing a lot of the seams right now, especially with the undead and they're seeing seams and things like that. And they were saying, yes, there's going to be a lot of things that are cropping up where you're going to see the cracks starting to come throughout the horde. Now, anybody who's played a lot of horde knows, and it's, it's not a bias. It's, it's, it's kind of true. There's some pretty freaking amazing horde quest lines, yeah. huge horde quest lines. They talked about how they don't think of the thrall, recent thrall stuff as being horde only because both take part in it, but because he is, he is their war chief or was their war chief. It is something that means more to the horde kind of thing. That being said, I liked how they were saying as well that they are finally, finally planning an epic storyline for King Varian. That was cool. And what it's going to mean it's about to his time. son as well. <laughs> I loved how when the guy asked a question about that, when Metzen started talking about it and he's getting more into it. I don't know if you guys watch it. If not, go back and watch it. The guy who asked the question at one point starts bouncing. He's like, yes. he starts dancing. He's so excited. It's like, yes, finally, Varian is going to have meaning. Well, and I think that was kind of important, too. And I know it was kind of like a write-off comment. But when Metzen was looking at the Doomhammer during the open ceremony, he's like, God damn it, I got to make something this cool for the Alliance. You know, and honestly, getting to like see him later, I think we're honestly going to start seeing cool little things for the Alliance, too, because we have been kind of neglected on that side for a little bit now. Um, not saying that Horde don't deserve it. You guys are cool and all. Um, but <laughs> I like that idea. I like that idea of there being more meat to the story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, what That's I cool. loved as well, too, is that they're going to be doing more with Anduin. And what I especially loved is when they were talking about um, initially Christy Golden, it sh they had told her not to do too much with him. And she's the one that said, trust me, I, I got this idea and it'll be really cool. And then Metzen says, OK, you trust her, go for it. And then he was blown away. And that's now why they're doing so much more with that character because of what she wrote, which, again, when you're thinking about Knack with with Diablo and whatnot, I keep thinking if if they could just get away from him. Get yourself another writer as talented as Christy Golden <laughs> that can come up with this stuff that then transforms, you know, WoW or D3 in this case. And so I really thought that was cool. I'm, I would really, I can't wait to see that. What I like is that he's going to be working with each of the, the chiefs of all of the races of the Alliance and you are going to be his squire and work with him. And then by the end of it, Basically, he will have proven to them that he is worthy of being their leader. So, the again, it, it might just be at this point talking up a good storm. Who knows? But he, they're saying that they're going to try to get this in by 5.0. I, I will say this. Metzen, Metzen does put his money where his mouth is. So everything he's said that he's going to do so far, he's done. I think we're actually going to see it. It'd be worth it just to see him show up in Ironforge. Sorry about trying to assassinate you. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> and then he actually, you know, shoots over in the face and then, you know. Yeah. 
Okay, so what else did we get here? Well, we can talk. We already covered the uh, the Asian influence, blah, blah, blah. There's going to be some... How about the, uh, Let's just the talk enemies about the they showed for Pandaria? The what? Oh, the, the, new, en- pan- the new enemies, yes. Yes. The friggin' evil bunny rabbits. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> People are pissed off about the pandas and they got nothing to say about the evil they bunny took- rabbit. <laughs> they they took those uh those guys from Northrend those little hoppy dudes and they basically made an evil fucking rabbit out of that same model and it's hysterical because there's one quest where you actually have to like save a carrot farm <laughs> and they're freaking <laughs> everywhere and like literally you ride over on an ox cart and the guy's like I have no clue what the hell these are can you go stop them and you, they just like kind of all turn and look at you. <laughs> They're, they're was, basically was the Murlocs, the new Murlocs. Now, now that yeah. said, I I do like the Shaw. I think that's a cool uh, element that they're adding in. How? I like them. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, just just tying into the whole, you know, the, the the Eastern vibe of it, and how you know they're they're manifestations of dark energy, and how they even go on to say that whenever you see a Pandaren that's just you know confrontational, it's not the Pandaren. It's not the Pandaren culture. It's them being influenced by the Shaw and, you know, just all the, the dark stuff that's gathered around. And that is a cool story element to me. The Shaw are cool, especially with um, the the way that they have them all set up. Uh, the Mantids were actually really cool looking as well. They're the um, new trolls. They're the new trolls, but they're, they're essentially the praying mantis people, which I thought was absolutely well done. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. Um other things was the the Shaw influence on architecture and the ancient culture, um, where like the scale of how they manifest, how big they actually are in comparison to the player, is awesome. Um, so yeah, I thought that was a really nice touch. And then there's the yaks as well, which rumor has it that's probably going to be the mount mount. for them yeah. as well, because they had a, a kind of a gag thing that they showed this freaking floating ball thing that he was sitting on, which. <laughs> somewhat ridiculous but uh but the yak does look like it'd be pretty cool they, they rumored as well about the flying mount for them that it'd be more dragon influenced dude do like it a nice eastern dragon instead of these stupid ugly fucking oh drakes. god that i hate cool. the drake give me give me my fucking luck dragon damn it man my luck dragon <laughs> i i i have always hated that model for the drakes always from the get-go i hate it with the freaking corn cob on the end of the tail i just think they're hideous that's why that like the freaking vile sands you're gonna pay like 30 to forty thousand for it and it looks like shit Okay, give me something that actually looks like a dragon and looks cool. But anyways, so yeah, that looks cool. Then there was the uh, the instances as well that they talked about, which are indoor outdoor instances. Yeah, highly Asian influence, and I just I thought the the atmosphere within them was cool as hell. Looked fantastic. Uh, one thing I really liked about them too, and they talked about this at the Dungeons and Raids panel, is some of the dungeons are actually going to make you choose which bosses to fight. Uh, so that if you fight one boss, it'll actually lock you out of the other boss on the other side of the instance. So you'll actually have to choose what path you take, which I thought was very cool and very interesting. On top of like the uh, dojo school temple that's set into like the side of the cliff with like the the water going underneath it, so not only are they going to be visually stunning, but they're going to have new elements to them as well, which I think is fantastic. Okay, now before we go any further, of course we have to cover the other most important thing, and no, not Pokemon, not yet, but the new class that you'll be able to play, and that is yes. the monks. They're finally you fucking putting... bastards. <laughs> 
Okay. Sorry. I've been asking for a monk class for seven goddamn years. Well, what are you complaining about? Now that I'm done with the game, I have no interest whatsoever of even looking at it again. What do these motherfuckers give me? My fucking monk class. (laughs) He's so angry. All right. But it's hard to take him seriously. It is. So the monk class is going to be very cool because, well, everybody except for the worgen and the goblins are going to be able to be monks. So freaking undead monks. How the hell that makes sense? (laughs) I don't know. But anyways, so you're going to be able to play monks. They are not going to be a hero class. So you are starting at level one. The other important thing about them is that they are going to be a class that does not use any auto attack. You are always going to be pressing buttons. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that they're using two different types of not mana, but they're of of energy. So they've got chi, and then they've got the the uh, what are they calling them? The dark uh, and light energy. Dark the points, yeah. Whatever they're, they're calling just, them, they're just calling them right now orbs. Yeah, um, they don't have an actual name quite yet. So it's going to be kind of like the Death Knights, wherein you are using two different types of energy mana kind of thing in order to use different abilities and because there's no auto attack you're still going to be able to always use something because you're basically going to be as you're depleting your chi in order to do certain abilities you are going to be gaining your orbs that you then use for your bigger abilities so you have the option of doing say a couple of jabs to use up your chi to build up a couple orbs and then do a kick or something else to finish off the um the mob plus you've got your light and your dark orbs so that you can use different ability based on which one you're doing the the thing that's cool is that again you've got options in terms of how you want to do it you you may want to just use up all of your chi doing jabs on one mob and then just rip the other one to hell with all of your higher abilities which could mean faster leveling i i'm not seeing a lot of slowdown in leveling there's not there's really not. So that's going to be cool. Plus the fact that they can be, they're going to be the, the ultimate hybrid where you can be both All a tank, three. a DPS, or a healer. So this is going to be like when the druids became popular when the trolls were allowed to be druids and you were seeing full groups with nothing but druids of all kinds and so this is going to be the same thing where I'm, I kind of like the idea too. Freaking a guild just with monks Monks. and (laughs) you know and that's it and your entire group is just monks you could have a freaking blast doing that the only problem of course is you're gonna run out of gear real fast but i'm 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 interested in seeing because for the most part what i saw at least was a lot of of just dps because nobody was leveling that high so you really didn't get a chance to see just how good they'd be as a tank or as a healer but we did hear about especially well for both you heard about the tank and how they're going to be able to make leap to um to mobs quickly so that they can get their aggro fast from everybody kind of thing so it should prove to be a very fast tanking class by the sound of it and then with your healing they're going to implement different ways of setting up your healing so that you really have a lot of options and it'll be something way different than what we're used to so that you're in the fray you can be fighting and whatnot and also putting up freaking statues to heal whoever's close to the statue this is freaking awesome, dude. I'm I really am looking you're, forward to that. 
you're you're looking at a couple couple things here now. First of all, uh, I got to play a lot of the monk class, and that's that's what I did every time I got to play Mr. Pandaria. Um, it's a very mobile class from the get go. It doesn't matter what form you're in. This means healing, tanking, or DPS, because your base abilities that you get at level three and level five, I believe, um, is a flying kick, which propels you to the target and stuns it for a couple seconds while you get in there and actually has a pretty long range and a tumble so your character can actually move around quite a lot so you have a lot of mobility in whatever you do and those are base abilities that are going to carry over to whatever whatever style you pick as your primary focus which i think is very important um, surprisingly the monk class is a leather class and i don't know if you saw that or not yeah, yeah. which means that it's going to be taking away gear from druids and druids. rogues yeah which we're talking about siphoning off you know or how do you reduce druids well you give them some gear competition i well, think it's 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 nice um i liked that um, also, the idea of DPSing to heal is in the game. Yeah. So you're gonna. Be... I would play that healer. <laughs> now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, puff my chest here because I wrote about this a year ago, and I'm very happy Jeez. to see that something like this is getting implemented. You're further inflating. <laughs> I'm further inflating. No, but this is this is exactly what I've been looking for for a very long time. I've been looking for changing up the healing model. Roger and I always play healers in every game we're in. It just it happens whether we stay as a healer or or it's our alt, we have to heal in those games. Having the variety that the monk healing is going to give is exciting to me. Getting in there, throwing my jabs, laying down a statue, or throwing out my my sigil, or you know, throwing my a direct heal out, and just having choices on how everything gets set up, uh, and having that sort of mobility on top of it. So if I want to lay that statue down, I can tumble or kick you know, my way over to something, drop the, drop the, uh, the statue and get the hell out of Dodge before I take any damage. So it's, it's just a very interesting take on that. And of course the fact that I can drunken master tank, cause it is going to be an evasion <laughs> tank is happy. I have found my new tank because I'm going to tank on the goddamn monk. Those animations had better be amazing. <laughs> Dude, the animations right now, the, the animations for just the base combat are spectacular even in this alpha phase uh the way they handle staves the way they handle fist weapons um the way they handle like all the different weapons that they have it is very like shaw brothers kung fu style animation um and it's absolutely phenomenal i was blown away by that yeah but that's uh, because it's so much more detail that they're putting into these it is which is why they're talking about fixing finally the original races because they look like <laughs> crap compared to these well if they're going to be monks they're going to have to fix them they don't have a choice yeah this is very cool because Dwarves don't have knees <laughs> what i think is cool about this too is that i'm i'm at a point where again i i i know that i'm i'm not nearly as well geared as you joe so my shaman is not doing nearly as good as you however most people who are playing shaman are complaining about where shamans are right now even as healers let alone as a freaking enhancement forget about it but even as healers they're complaining about where they are right now so that to me is 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 useless. I don't enjoy healing on my druid nearly as much as I used to back in the day. I I really just don't that much anymore. And then that leaves priest and paladin kind of thing. So to me, this is going to be something that's going to be so insanely different, different mechanics, much more twitchy 
than anything we've seen yes. so far, which is great. We need that. I'm tired of falling asleep while freaking healing. And it's going to mean a lot less of just playing whack-a-mole with heal bot or grid or whatever, because these different mechanics are going to mean that mobility of run there and drop a totem or not a totem, but a, um, a, a, a statue. So you're not going to be just standing in one spot and using your heal bot and clicking a few buttons. You're actually going to be running around, dropping statues, go hit the boss. That's what heals them and all kinds of things like that. And because this is the new class, we know from the Death Knight, it's going to get a lot of loving. It's going yes. to get a lot of loving for a very, very long time. A lot of the other classes are going to go the wayside in terms of loving. That's just how it's going to be. This one's going to be popular for a long, bloody time. So I'm seriously, I'm going to be ditching all of my healers and concentrating solely on one of these and then dual class it as, as a tank as well, because I would love to see a different, different mechanics for tanking as well. Now, I just find it amusing, too, the the class itself incorporates so many things that they've done right for other classes. Uh, the dual resource, like a Death Knight, which it was very important. Um, having the Chi act like energy from, like, a rogue, uh, where now focus for a hunter. Um, but on top of all of that, um, just they even have like a stance bar like a warrior or you know a druid form bar and it's just they're it incorporates so many elements of everything that they've done right that it's going to be a very fun and strong class that many different people will feel comfortable with right away vince i hate them okay <laughs> it's going to be interesting because a lot of people, of course, are going to be playing the, the pandas for the monk class. And the panda racials are, I mean, you thought you were leveling Hilarious. fast before. You're going to be They're leveling awesome. like a motherfucker. I mean, between the uh, getting the, the stats bonuses for your food, which is just going to make you level faster because you're going to be stronger and hit harder and everything. And Plus then heirloom gear. You're cooking and then your heirloom gears. Yeah, but I'm just talking about racials. And then you've got your inner peace. Your rested experience bonus lasts twice as long. Yep. Basically, you're going to be able to level so bloody fast. Plus, they're, I think that's being put in 4.3, where they're making it where your leveling experience from, is it 70 to 85, is being really Reduced. boosted a lot. Yeah. You're going to be leveling a lot faster through those. So by the time this comes out between your heirlooms and those, you're going to be able to rip like I again I did my my uh my mage in 2 weeks. I bet you I could shave at least 4 days off of that looking at all of these. Well, that's part of the I mean, and that makes sense honestly though because if you're rolling a new race uh, like that and you're trying to get up to speed they're going to reduce it i mean we saw heirloom gears we saw the guild bonus xp um, we saw how fast you can get up now like you said within two weeks um, but when you're starting from one to 90 uh, having that little extra sort of cookie on there that extra double or that double rusted xp uh, just helps you move through the content that you've probably already seen. Oh, dude, I do not uh, want to do freaking <laughs> Outlands or Northland again. That's why I stopped altogether the last time. I was like, man, this is fun. I'm really having a blast. Dwarf Shaman, new content. Fuck Outlands. Yeah, yep, and that's and that's the same point. I get to, I get to the Outland. I get to I get to that point where I'm like, I I've have done to go it to nine now. times. I don't I have, need anymore. <laughs> I have five alts stuck in Outland because I can't bring myself to get through that damn content. All right, let's move on quickly. We're actually cutting it closer. We're going to have to be stopping soon, so we're only going to touch on a couple more things. Obviously, the new talent system 
Warren's talking about. They are simplifying Phenomenal. it so much. But what's funny is that, again, they're saying they, they're tired of seeing everybody with cookie-cutter builds, but they're taking away options. So I know what they're saying. I understand the whole concept of, yes, but these are just changing the utility and all that. But even Metzen said on the screen how, yes, we're still going to see a lot of people choosing the same things, and there'll be some specs that are better kind of thing it's the same thing they're just making it way yeah. way simpler no well, matter what you do there's going to be one build that's mathematically superior yes no matter yeah, what you do that you can't you can't escape that and there are but there are some choices that are going to be more fun okay um and and maybe ones that will matter less like the mobility ones like the druid ones like having like blink blink beast or whatever or or, or things like that um those don't matter nearly as much as some of the later ones. The later ones have a definite impact um, on what your chosen role is. And you're right. There's always going to be mathematically uh, a better one for whatever role you choose. We can't escape that. That's always going to happen. But there are very cool things. Like for me, at least for the shaman side, at level 90, I can either drop multiple totems of the same school or I can launch totems with my totem launcher. So I have options. But – you get to choose what you want between combat. If you're not in combat, you can swap the points around. So that's kind of nifty as well. Oh, I'll agree with that, yeah. As long as you're not in combat, well, this talent's not working for me. Screw it, I'm going to move this point over. Okay, this works much better for me. You can you, you, you can fast switch on the fly without having to go back and pay for a respec and then put all your points together and then, oh, I made a mistake and hit learn. Crap, I got to redo it all. You know, they're they're giving you more mobility within the talent systems, even though that they're reducing the amount of choices. Um, but I think it's also cool that they're allowing hybrids to be more hybrid with this. And I don't know if you guys noticed that. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of cross things where for me, like I can DPS and as I'm throwing out lightning, I'm going to be healing somebody because I'm doing damage to the boss. Things like that are really cool, and it really pushes the idea of having hybrid classes as actual hybrids without having to worry about a hybrid tax. And I think that's really important because that's something the game has been missing for a very long time. I also really enjoy the idea of having must-have talents that provide abilities, like for me with Riptide or Manatide Totem, being baked into just choosing my specialization and then being made available to me as I level up so that I don't have to worry about making sure I have those points set aside to get to that point. I can just pick you know, what six abilities I think are going to be the most fun for me right now. And that's what I like. And I like the idea. I like the feel of the new system. I'm really excited about the new system. And I like the fact that they're, even though it seems like a simplified version uh, of everything they've done, there are actually some pretty tough choices in there as well. Um, you know, new abilities that are being brought in, a ton of glyphs are going to be going away and actually baked into this talent system. I don't know if you guys saw that as well. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the glyphs we have are just gone and are going to be completely replaced and put into the system, which then allows them to make glyphs do different things. Like, I don't know, maybe cosmetic glyphs, which they kind of hinted at. They're looking at bringing back in. You want to have a purple chain heel? Congratulations, have a purple chain heel. You want to be, you know, a a purple dog here? Have fun. Go be a purple dog. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with gameplay. That's, again, the the, the talent system, in my opinion. Yeah, but that should be done through glyphs, in my opinion, not through talents. Your talents should be... Yeah, but you're okay. Sorry. Yeah, okay. See, the talent system to me is is still 
they're they're taking away a lot of options and and I'm not saying that it's going to be bad by any stretch of the imagination. I I will reserve judgment until I've played with it and tried it. There are things that I like about it. However, their their idea keep they keep saying how well everybody's using using the same cookie cutter build so this will change that and make it so that you won't see that. Well, no, all you're doing is you're taking all of those abilities that most people took anyways and giving them to everybody as abilities as they 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 level like you said you riptide and whatnot. So you're making everybody the same by default and then just giving them a few flavor changes with the talents. So you're you're creating a lot of similarity and then just giving them a few options to, to change things that really don't matter all that much. Yeah, that, that, that's my main issue with this system. In concept, I like what they're trying to do here. Just for me, there's not even remotely enough. What what this entire system boils down to me, as somebody who likes, you know, tinkering around with stuff and really trying out new things and all that stuff, I know that's not how most players go for it. For me, I look at this system and go, wow, from level one to level 90, I only have to make seven decisions about my character ever. One for my spec and then six for the talents. And that is not even remotely enough gameplay customization for my taste in the game. And see, that's something that I said as well. Um, I left a message on somebody's uh, site where they were talking about that because they kept saying, again, the cookie cutter build, everybody's got that. The, the fact is, is that and I shouldn't say fact, but most of the people that are really concerned with the cookie cutter builds are the raiders. And they've already yeah. said that the Raiders make up a very small percent of mm-hmm. the actual gamers. So most of the gamers are like Vince and I. Just go in and, yeah, I I've, I've did my share of raiding, but I certainly have not lately. And so I am the kind of person that is more likely to just mess around with my build. So what if I don't top the charts, the DPS charts? I don't care. I'm not posting a recount in Guild to puff up my chest and say, look at me. I'm playing around and I'm trying different things. I want to be, in your words, that special snowflake that's a little bit different. And I like that. I just have fun with it. That's being taken away. And it's being taken away from the majority of players that are more likely to do that that aren't the Raiders. Well, and I've, I've, I'm sorry, Joe, just one second. And I've shown multiple times back when I was a World of Warcraft writer that my bizarre, quirky little talent choices actually work better for me for the way I like to play the game. Yes, it's not optimal. It's not what Elitist Jerk says, but based on how I play, those were the right decisions for me. And again, that is being taken away and for, from my perspective here. Well, when I was playing my druid, and I've always had a druid, but my, my current druid, um, for a while there, and she was feral, well, she, she was, most of her time was feral, but for when I was doing a lot more instances, and I actually was trying to really build up my DPS so I was doing well, my spec was very different from what Elitist Jerks was telling me to do both for raiding as well as for instances and whatnot. And I had started playing her more as an AOE with the swipe, and that wasn't yet being done by everybody else. Mm -hmm. But I had my build, and I had all my glyphs that worked with it, and they were nothing like what I was being told I should do. And I was told that when I'd go into instances, you're going to do crap, go change your thing, blah, blah, blah. And I topped the freaking DPS because it worked for my style of play. And again, that's what's going to be taken away. Well, okay, there's two things here. One, 
Yes, I understand what you guys are saying there, and it is kind of a sore point for a lot of players, and I'll agree with you. Taking away that level of customization away hurts. But it allows for accessibility for players that have been along away from the game for years and years and years. And I think that's, at this point, it was a decision that was inevitable, right? You have these talent systems that originally were overly complicated and had so many points that people didn't know where to put into it. And so it would come back, check it out, leave because they didn't know where to put their points or were getting shit in uh, an instance or whatever. I don't buy that. You may not buy it, but I actually saw it happen with a lot of my friends that played, quit, and then tried to come back. They just... They didn't want to deal with it, so they just left. So you they're have they're trying. Friends, though. You've proved that. I I I have I can yeah. That's true. <laughs> uh, but the point is, there are actually they have numbers that support this, where players were feeling overwhelmed by that. They don't have numbers choice. for, for we feelings. Shush. They don't shush. have for, it's for, you can't justify feelings. Fill this fill this survey. Why didn't you keep playing? Whenever you quit or whenever you cancel your your subscription, or whenever you stop playing, they do send you a survey and ask you to and ask you why you stopped. And apparently, this was an actual reason. Um, so yes, I, I and while I understand everybody's point, do I think it's silly? Yes. Do I like it still? For me, yes, I do like it. That's that's my personal opinion on it. But it does open up accessibility for people that have been away for a while because even though it's gonna there's gonna be some that work out best for whatever role it's not gonna be as game breaking as choosing like the wrong talent spec or things like that for even people that want to get back up into into rating things like that. Second thing, this is the same thing they did to Diablo. Yeah. This is the exact same thing they did to Diablo. You have a limited number of choices as you level up that have an effect on your certain abilities and give your abilities different effects uh, or give you access to uh, a new ability or something through that talent system. But this is exactly the same talent system or, 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 or power system or whatever you want to call it, trait system, that they're using for Diablo 3. But it was only a matter many, of time. How many choices are you going to have in terms of your specs of what spec you can have for your characters? How many millions was it again because of the runes? Millions. The runes, millions. The runes, the runes don't change the effects of the spells that much except for some very like a very small number of them. And you've read that and you saw that yourself. Most of them are going to be cosmetics or things that change slightly how the spell works. Uh, or, or things like that to make you more identifiable, like the frog versus a, you know, one giant frog versus an entire swarm of them. So we can throw ruins over there. Sure, that's great. But right now, that's what they're doing. They're taking that same trait system and they're putting it into WoW. Whether or not it's going to be a good idea, we'll, we'll find out in time. But I, I, we have to take that into consideration. They're but already doing this. It, that this that doesn't make it right. Just because they are oversimplifying D3 does not mean that that makes it right putting it in here. Now, I, I understand what you're saying, and we'll have to agree to disagree, and we'll see what happens when it does eventually come out. But you're not going to convince me at any point that, just like I won't convince you, that this is good for the game. We'll see. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Okay. Now, one thing that we probably all agree with however is that wow pokemon is freaking awesome and this is one of those things where people are saying Sleepy like Willy, oh my god I choose you. they're dumbing down for kids and blah 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 you know what with this yeah they probably are but i'm all right with it i'm the guy that owns all the freaking pokemon games and plays them and has fun the fact that i could do that now with my mini pets which otherwise were useless so that my freaking collector dudes are going to be beating the crap out 
shitload of other guys and you can give them abilities and you can go tame some other ones and you can go find masters. It's definitely wild Pokemon. There's probably some legal issues here that they'll <laughs> that are going to be brought up by Nintendo. But I'm I, dude, I'm all right with this. I think it's freaking hilarious and I can't wait. They're not I, even trying to make it different no, either. They don't even care. <laughs> I mean, but when you're when you're sitting on when you're when you're a nine thousand pound gorilla, you can do shit like that. Um, I think it's going to be a cool addition to the game. I'm probably personally not going to play with it that much, um, simply because I have enough on my plate. Um, what I took away from it was it's going to make every single pet and companion account wide. Yes, yes, and that makes me happy. Yeah, I think I'm that's just going to awesome. love kicking the shit out of your Diablo with a Sprite Darter Hatchling. <laughs> you won't. I'll, I'll make sure I level them up. And then, of course, <laughs> you can also trade them. You can yep. sell them yeah. on the auction house. You can once be a you've professional pet trainer. That's you can, awesome. Yes. You could freaking train them up and then sell them on the auction house. Dude, you know how much time I can waste in a game <laughs> scouting out talent. <laughs> Go find them. Plus, they're setting it up so that through the UI, it will actually tell you which ones you're missing and where you can find them because they're making yes. it so that there's going to be like some you can only find during the day, some during the night. You can find some only in special sections. Some Someone it's raining. Spring in rain <laughs> at night in Elwyn Forest. Oh my god! So, what's cool though is that again, you can spend so much time just collecting them all, which is an ADD thing. Let's be honest, a lot of us are just going to do that and then train them up, give them abilities, go to your masters, and then freaking sell them for a small fortune on the auction house. And then you can trade, you can do stuff on on uh, uh through an online thing same as with the the looking for dungeon where you'll be able to fight other people from all over the place just queue up to fight forget arenas forget starcraft 2 this is the next great esport it will be it will be damn it i guarantee you we will see a fucking tournament for this at blizzcon let's say 2013 2012 might be a little I, too soon for a i tournament. think probably 2012 depending on when the expansion comes out but if the expansion comes out early enough next year i can easily see this as part of the blizzcon just as something new and fresh and fun i would play this over pokemon any day of the week and twice on sundays Simple as that. And I can't the, wait to see like some of these top commentators casting a freaking. <laughs> now what I want, what I want is I want to be able to team up with your friends and do like a three-on-three battle with your Pokemon. Oh, wow, dude! So you, you, so the three of us can go out there and just raffle stomp people with like sprite darters because that'll be absolutely hysterical. <laughs> Man, this is this this is going to be their way of making sure that they sell even more virtual tickets for the next BlizzCon so that everybody can get the pad. <laughs> this is going to be their way of getting people to buy whenever they put them out on their, their freaking store for 10 bucks. The oh, pads. God, the freaking trading card game is going to be insane. Oh, yeah. This is going to be, it's, this is going to, this is a smart a business move. Brilliant business this move. This is going to make them a small fortune because in the week that it's implemented, I will bet you that there's the spike on their sales of the um, the freaking uh, Ragnaros and on all those is the spike is going to be insane. They're the small fortune. Well, they, like they don't they have watch, They said they were watching the sales of those mini pets very clear, very carefully. Now you know why. Yeah. Okay. With that, we're actually going to wrap up the episode. We ran a little bit long, and we didn't cover quite everything, but I think we covered enough for BlizzCon. So, of course, you will find the show at forthelore.com. It should be out tomorrow, depending on when I get a certain feature that's going to be in, and that, of course, is Joe's going to give us a feature. Oh, I was about to on... say, what the hell are you talking about? No, not you. Actually, I was going to email you. <laughs> Shut up. Now you're going to have to make me edit all this crap out. I was doing so good with the ending. Damn it. 
Your feature is going in next week. This okay. week, Joe's going to have a feature just... on. <sighs> I'll, I'll shut up. Sorry. We're going <laughs> to. I hate you. We're going to have a fantastic feature for you guys to listen to, and that's going to be Joe's feature on those first starting quests for the Pandaren. He actually got to play through it quite a bit, so he's going to give us a nice feature, giving us a lot of the breakdown on the questing that's going on, as well as the gameplay at that that level and whatnot. So definitely will want to be listening to that. Like I said, the show should be out tomorrow. I hope you guys enjoy it. You can find us at Fortalore.com. The show... Ah, see, now I'm just completely blasted. Nothing's going to matter. I can't get it right. You can find us on Twitter at ForTheLore. And if you have any comments or submissions or anything else, send it to ForTheLore at gmail.com. So we'll see you guys next week back at our regular time on Monday. I hate you, Vince. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. Today we're going to be talking about the new Mists of Pandaria expansion, and particularly questing for the new race, the Pandarans, giant panda people, that will be both for the Horde and the Alliance. As characters are created and start their way into the world, they're going to be given several tasks. At first it starts as your generic kung fu movie where you're learning basic combat techniques and how to use your abilities. But then you go around and you start learning from ancient masters' scrolls of wisdom. Each scroll has its own lesson and ties into the spirituality and nature of the Pandaren race. Right from the get-go, you get an idea of how the Eastern Asian influence really affects this particular starting race. As the quests progress, you do things such as retrieving items in order to uh, resurrect elemental spirits, escort the elemental spirits to a central temple, visit various temples in an attempt to locate different spirits of ancient masters, purge doubts, despair, and the such. It's very important to see that right from the get-go, you're tied into the spirituality and nature of the Pandaren race. Now the quests aren't all about just the lofty spirituality. There's also a lot of community building. Yes, there are things like kill X of Y, but there's also an ox cart ride. There's escorting an elemental spirit that you get to revive from the brink of death. There are fighting your own doubts and fears. There is saving an entire farm from ruination and making sure that a village doesn't starve, as well as keeping populations under control so that the landscape may remain intact and balance. Balance and spirituality, as well as a sense of community, pervade all of the quests so far. And this is in an alpha phase. The game hasn't even become beta yet and isn't completely polished. As players progress, though, there's quite a bit of different experiences to have and how your character is a part of a larger community and a larger part of a race as a whole. This is different from some of the other quest scenarios where the characters feel sort of disjointed from the greater goings-on. Starting out in a very small area out of the main population removes you from you know, your other dwarves or gnomes or undead or tauren until you get to the major cities and at that point the quest scene kind of takes a turn and sends you off into different directions 
here it's all about that community and balance. And I think that's very important because it really helps propel the lore of the zone, including the fact that it is uh, the back of a giant ancient sea turtle, which is rumored to be one of the actual ancients. You get to see the isolation of a culture that has been removed from the world for, you know, 5,000 years or more. You get to see how there's a culture shock with the interaction between the Horde and the Alliance on the Pandaren people. And it's going to be a rather epic starting zone for, if nothing else, for that alone. While people are making comparisons between the starting zones for the Pandaren and the Death Knights, I can tell you this, it feels completely different. Death Knights, sure, they started in a central location, and all of the different races that could play Death Knights banded together and had their one big starting zone, but here is different. It feels smaller, yet more epic at the same time. The story is very important. The quality of the individual character and their interaction with their masters, the other students, the spirits, and their world around them in general is incredibly important. It is not a quest or, or storyline of destruction. It is a quest and storyline of creation. And that is what we take away from, so far, the starting area for the Pandaren race. Will this change over time? Yes. But I think the feel of the zone is already well in place. The music, the mood, the different visual effects, the creatures, the NPCs, everything bands together and puts everything together in, in a way that is just well done and speaks of harmony and balance and that Eastern influence. I personally can't wait to see the completed result, and as things change and as the beta becomes available, we'll be giving you more information on that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the enthusiasm that I want. <laughs> That's exactly what I want to hear from you. So you broke your Xbox, dude. My God. That would be like an old person on life support and their oxygen tank breaks down. <laughs> what the hell have you done with all of your free time, Hooks? God. He's writing the great Scottish novel. <laughs> He's, he's ripped. He lost like 50 pounds. Yeah, really? <laughs> he actually knows how to talk to girls. <laughs> Fucking Joe. Oh, I'm just setting up my mic now. It's 25 after 7. And he had already asked, are we starting at 7 or 7.30? What, and you didn't think to set up your freaking mic before? <laughs> before 25 after 7. So you would have been obviously prepared had we decided to go with 7. No, I don't care. It was freaking awesome. Yeah. It was like, dude. No, the little gun thing's pretty nifty. I I can, it, it wasn't the little one. It was like the rifle thing. Like the oh, big, yeah. The big yeah. one. You slap everything in. I was so close to buying a new Xbox. Dude. <laughs> I had no choice. My CPU No, I'm not fried. talking to you. I'm not talking. I'm talking to Hoogs. I'm still not talking to you. Shut up. Matter of times, all that was. Well, yeah, the, the original Xbox is it's guaranteed the red ring. Yeah. It's just a matter of one. 
I'm going oh. strong at four years, damn it. It's Mine like Thelma and Louise, I'm driving off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you never turn yours off, Hoogs. Yeah, he doesn't. He's always on. Although I did get a really lovely audio message through my uh, my live <laughs> from Hoogs. From Hoogs? Where he was demanding that I buy him a new Xbox. <laughs> It's in pictures along with it from his connect. Buy me a new, buy me a new Xbox. <laughs> now the good thing is because it's saved online, I can actually pull this for you guys. That'd be awesome. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna email the MP3 to Roger so it can actually be part of the show. I will put it on the show <laughs> for sure. Goddamn Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> Every time my girlfriend looked over at me while I was playing the game, that's what I said all weekend long. She looks over, I'm like, I'm Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> and pandas. If you and can, pandas. If you can find Dude, any intelligence. I, I am absolutely excited for pandas. Well, okay, not now. Not now. Save it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're starting in a minute. I know. He means he's excited for pandas. Also, stomp because I can't type it out. Welcome to the show. <laughs> oh, hi. You still oh, haven't found that freaking music lick yet, have you? Dude, I still haven't. You know what? I'm just going to freaking like hum it. I'll record myself humming it, and then that's going to be in there. Put that in the soundboard. <laughs> but you know what's funny is <laughs> when there was nobody else around, of course, I did some YouTube searches <laughs> for porn rift. You don't want to know what you find when you do that. <laughs> and none of them were the rift that I wanted. <laughs> so, so, yes. I should put that in the outtakes. Anybody listening now... If you can find me the porn like the the and like bass and all that, if you can find that lick for me and send it to me in MP3 format with or without accompanying moans, I don't care. <laughs> I need it for my soundboard. Keep your rolls to yourself, Stomp. Stammer. She's spamming. Seventies porn music. Oh, okay, maybe I'll allow that one. Then. <laughs> Later. Uh, later. No time now. Don't distract me so close to the time.